0: If you happen to be a banjo curious guitar player, have I got an Acoustic Tuesday show for you. Today, we'll be looking at my picks for great starter banjos that punch well above their price. And right off the bat, even if you're not interested in banjos, I'll be sharing something incredibly important that will give you new perspective on why this episode even exists. Hey TAC family, this is episode 294 of the Acoustic Tuesday Show, a show packed full of inspiration and fun, designed to help you get more progress, fulfillment, and joy from your acoustic guitar journey. Throughout today's episode, I'll be keeping you in the loop with some acoustic news you can use, including a fish guitar, an interview with two bluegrass luminaries, and much, much more. But first, let's score you a deal on your very first banjo. I've got a list of 10 inexpensive banjos I want to share with you, five five resonator banjos think bluegrass and five open back banjos think old time now you're probably thinking wait a minute this is the acoustic Tuesday show this is an acoustic guitar centric show what gives with the whole banjo talk well I think this brings about a very important point within your guitar journey you will reach a point to where you feel like Maybe you're playing the same thing over and over again. You feel like it's just hard to get over the hump and learn something new. It happens to all of us and it's totally okay. And looking at a new instrument, a different instrument might give you a spark. And why does it give you a spark? Because you enter the beginner mindset again. Starting something fresh allows you to learn something new. It allows you to bring new perspective to playing an instrument. And what's beautiful is when you're learning a new instrument different from guitar, oftentimes you bring that new perspective to guitar. So learning something new like the banjo will impact your guitar journey greatly. It will help you get into that beginner mindset and that is such a valuable mindset because you're soaking up all this awesome information. And a lot of times that awesome information translates to your guitar. I just wanted to mention that off the bat because I think it's something that we lose as guitar players. As we go through our guitar journey, that beginner mindset starts to get lost. You get enough skills to play things and you feel like, I'm doing pretty good and then you kind of start it feels like you flatline. So that beginner mindset is a breath of fresh air to your guitar journey, hence this episode. Now, this episode is part one of a series, okay? I wanna get a banjo in your hands, and then I want to make the connection from the banjo to the guitar, and that's what's gonna happen next week on the show. More on that a little bit later, but first, let's dive into the banjos. I've divvied these up into two different categories, resonator banjos and old time banjos. Quite simply, you need to know the difference, so I'm just gonna share with you a quick little snippet of well what the difference is between the two resonator banjos are much more commonly used in the bluegrass setting they're more punchy they're more loud you use finger picks with them use a three finger picking style Old time banjos don't have a resonator, hence they're called open back banjos. And they're much more associated with old time music and the claw hammer style or old time style banjo playing. Very different instruments, but I wanted to represent both here. And I think I've done a good job of sharing banjos that don't necessarily break the bank. We're gonna start off with resonator banjos here and do note that Generally speaking, resonator banjos are more expensive than open back banjos. Now, can you play bluegrass on an open back banjo? Yes, you can. Can you play old time music on a resonator banjo? Yes, you can, but I wanted to divvy them up. So you kind of get an idea of what each one offers. Now I'm going to be listing these banjos in descending price order within the category. So I'm going to start out with one here in the resonator category that is actually pretty expensive. I almost knocked it off my list, but I wanted to mention it because it's one of the best beginner resonator banjos in existence. It's made in the US by Deering Banjos. It's a good time too. You need to hear it. It's all maple. It's a beautiful banjo and When I worked at the Old Town School of Folk Music, we sold these banjos like hotcakes because they're incredibly well built, they sound awesome, and they're a great first resonator banjo. This banjo comes in at $839, so it's not necessarily easy on the wallet, but it does deserve a spot on this list. Here's how the Deering Good Time 2 Banjo sounds. The next resonator banjo is the Goldtone CC100R. This banjo, in fact, Goldtone in general, I think has the market corner on folk instruments, banjos, mandolins, resonator guitars for a good price. Did I say that right? I'm pretty sure I did. Goldtone offers great folk instruments at very good prices and the quality is top notch. I've been familiar with Goldtone since 2008 and they continue to push the envelope on quality and price. Okay. So the CC 100 R comes in at $699. It is a resonator banjo. You got to hear it. And here it is. So far the banjos you have seen are not all that flashy in terms of looks. They're kind of plain Jane. And I believe that's because they're trying to reduce cost. This next banjo breaks the mold. Coming in at $599 is a resonator banjo from Recording King that looks awesome. It looks like a classic bluegrass banjo. Think um, think Gibson, RB250, think Gibson Master Tone. It kind of has that vibe. It's got a darker finish. It's got some inlay. The banjo I'm referring to is a Recording King RKR20 from the Songster series. It sounds awesome and it looks incredible. And it comes in at $599, which is pretty good for a resonator banjo that looks and sounds like this. Also coming in at 599 bucks is the next banjo on my list, the gold tone CC 50 RP. It's a dressed down version of the CC 100, but it is just as much banjo as the CC 100. Let's go ahead and give the gold tone CC 50 RP a listen. Closing out the list of resonator banjos, coming in at $399 is a banjo by Recording King, the Dirty 30s resonator banjo. This is, in my opinion, a utility banjo. If you're interested in playing bluegrass music, you don't have a ton to spend, for 399 bucks you can get a damn good banjo that really fits the bluegrass style. Let's go ahead and give the Recording King Dirty 30s resonator banjo a listen. on to the open back banjos now and you might be thinking tone you know you you ended the last list at 399 bucks that's still too expensive for me to get into the banjo i just don't have that kind of money laying around And, and that's totally fine so i want to mention that open back banjos and i mentioned this right at the top open back banjos are generally less expensive than resonator banjos because well they don't have a resonator they've got less hardware there's less workmanship that goes into them Therefore, if you're just starting banjo, you want to dip your toe in the water, open back banjo is a great entry point. Okay. So the next five banjos I'm going to list for you, let's see, the price ranges from $599, again, still pretty steep, all the way down to $199, 200 bucks for your first banjo. So... I've tried to represent all price categories here by kind of balancing price versus quality, tone, and what you get out of the instrument. Okay, kicking off the open back banjo list is the gold tone CC100, similar to the CC100R we looked at in the resonator banjo world, but this one obviously doesn't have a resonator, therefore it's an open back banjo. Here's how how the CC100 sounds. This banjo comes in at 599 bucks, in case I didn't mention. The banjo comes in at $20 less than the gold tone CC 100. It's the Deering good time open back banjo. This is a high quality American made open back banjo, maple neck, maple rim. And these things are just awesome. They are so, consistent. When I worked at the Old Town School of Folk Music, as I mentioned before, we sold these banjos like hotcakes, both the Good Time Two resonator banjo and the Good Time open back banjo. They were always set up well, they always sounded awesome, and people were always thrilled with them. You got to hear this banjo. It's kind of a mainstay in the folk and banjo world. Here is the Deering Good Time open back banjo. Continuing to drop in price, next up on my list is the Goldtone CC50. This banjo comes in at $419. Think of it as a dressed down version of the Goldtone CC100, but it still checks all the boxes. You know, just a quick aside, I think Goldtone has continually raised the bar on bringing in quality import instruments in the folk world. Again, banjos, dobros, mandolins, just, uh, a ton of respect for this company for doing what they have done in making folk instruments accessible to everyone i think the cc50 is a great budget banjo and a great first banjo if you're looking to learn here's how it sounds of doing a good job of bringing in quality import instruments, Recording King. Let's just take a second and celebrate Recording King. They've done some great stuff with the Dirty 30s series. They've made uh, parlor guitars within the Dirty 30s series. They've made resonator guitars within the Dirty 30s series and they're awesome. They don't break the bank and they really deliver. They, they I think they punch well above their price category. And of course, Uh, along with that Dirty 30s series, they've done some banjos as well. The next banjo on my list is the Dirty 30s Open Back Banjo. It comes in at $299, and I was floored with how this thing sounds. I mean, literally floored. I couldn't believe it, because 300 bucks for a starter banjo, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. When you consider all that's involved with the banjo in terms of price, um, there's a lot of craftsmanship that goes into banjos. There's also a lot of hardware, and I think that's where a lot of the price comes into play. You know, you've got a metal tension hoop, you've got uh, brackets around the entire rim. you've got tuners, you've got frets, you got the whole deal. So banjos in general are not necessarily cheap as a whole, but this banjo is a great budget banjo. And again, as I mentioned, it it blew my socks off. Here's the Recording King Dirty 30s open back. banjo in the open back category is also from recording king and it looks very similar to the one that you've just heard but this banjo comes in at a price range of $199 to $249. I've seen some on sale I've seen some new so I just wanted to give you a price range Um, this banjo is the recording king dirty 30s 3s open back banjo. And you're going to notice uh, one thing that's rather startling is that around the rim of the banjo, there's about half the amount of brackets. Okay. So this is really more of a true old time banjo, in my opinion and in my experience, but the sound for 200 bucks, the sound you get out of this thing, it's top notch. I, I really, I, I I'm completely floored with recording King here. Um, just they've done a great job they just have plain and simply done a great job and this banjo is a testament to that here is the dirty 30s 3s open back banjo by recording king So I hope that list of inexpensive banjos gave you a little boost to maybe consider trying one. And remember, the whole goal here is to cultivate that beginner mindset because it is just such a special time. When you're first learning something, it's like you have this amazing new perspective on music, the instrument in general, and of course, you can bring that positivity, that enthusiasm to your guitar journey as well. So I have a question for you. Did this inspire you to pick up the banjo? Is it something you've considered before? Is it something you've never considered? Let me know in the comments below and while you're at it, uh, of the banjos on the list, which one stuck out to you as great value, matching great tone? Let me know in the comments below. On to your first dose of acoustic news you can use. And this first story comes from Sisters, Oregon from the folks at Thompson Guitars. They have one of the original guitars that was made by Preston Thompson back in the early 80s and you get to hear it. Check this out. Uh, Pete Kartsounis, hopefully I said that right, stopped in the shop and played a 1984 Preston Thompson Dreadnought with Sitka Spruce top, East Indian Rosewood back and sides. It sounds awesome and it's just a cool marker in the Thompson guitars history. You've got to hear it, so here is Pete. This is one of uh, an earlier Thompson guitar, um, built in 1983. And Christine was lucky enough to find this thing and get it back to the shop and to have. And I, I noticed it just because of the grain, it's all old and cracky and just awesome. You could, tell, you could just tell it sounds good. And as soon as I put my hands on it, I was like, what? Really warm tone. Changing fast, quicker by the day. River's edges cracking, dry hairs turning gray. Summer skies are filled with smoke, and I can go away. It's now what I remember in this world of disarray. But I'll sing you a song, I'll give you a smile, and I'll sing the bill of your way, for a dusty mile I'll Give you call, I'll tell you it's okay. Cause in the end we have each other in this shade Continuing on the theme of awesome acoustic guitars, Trey Hensley just celebrated a new guitar day, and this guitar is special. Here's what his post on Instagram had to say. Some things are just too cool for words. My friend Eric Johansson gifted me this amazing fish guitar tonight, number 40, that he just finished up a few days ago. I'm just blown away by how beautiful it is and by how much care he took in building it and by how great it sounds. And all the thoughtful touches he added to the guitar for me make it all the more special. I'm just speechless, but I can't wait to play this guitar tonight at the Lobero Theater with Rodney Crowell. Just so cool. You know, I was looking up at the, I was looking at the detailed pictures of this guitar and there are some awesome personal touches on it. And you might be thinking, it looks cool, but how does it sound? Well, I'm here to tell you, we get a chance to hear it. Here's Trey playing his new fish guitar. (laughs) Fretboard Journal is responsible for our next news item, and I stumbled upon this because of the picture I saw. It's a dude in a field, black and white picture, and he looks to be playing a Gibson L00 Century of Progress model, which was a Gibson model I believe introduced at the World's Fair, maybe in the late 20s, early 30s. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure of the particular details, but nonetheless, it caught my eye, and then I read on, and I thought, I need to share this information with the Acoustic Tuesday viewers. Here's what the post said. New podcast is up with our newest Fretboard Journal contributor, Cameron Knoller. We talk about his incredible book, Guitars Have Feelings Too, which is a deep dive into the rhythm playing of Norman Blake and so much more. Link in the Instagram bio or find it it on all the streaming platforms. Cameron's first piece for Fretboard Journal is a profile on Harrison Whitford, and it can be found in our next issue. He'll also be at our 2023 Fretboard Summit. Now, I'm not sure if this book is still available, but make sure to check out Cameron Knoller on Instagram. Do a Google search. I believe he not only has that book out, but some other instructional materials as well. I didn't have a chance to do full-blown research, but I think it's something you need to know about. And also, just a quick mention of the Fretboard Summit, again, happening uh, at the end of August at the Old Town School of Folk Music in Chicago. Of course, obviously now Cameron Knoller will be there, along with some other... um, I was gonna say bluegrass guitar luminaries, but I would say guitar luminaries in general. Uh, Check out the details, fretboardsummit.org. Three day passes I believe are still available, although the number is dwindling. I think it's limited to 250 attendees for the three day pass. Uh, So if you haven't gotten it yet and you've been considering going to the Fretboard Summit, don't hesitate. Uh the dates, I believe, this is off the top of my head, but again, pret, uh, check out fretboardsummit.org. Uh, I believe the dates are August 24th through the 26th. I'll be doing some speaking there. I'll be doing a workshop there, and there's gonna be a ton of other workshops as well. I know Bob Minner's gonna be there, Tommy Emmanuel, you might have heard of him before, Jack Broadbent, uh Bill Frizzell. I'm escape jormacalcanin um who else is going to be there oh not to mention just a gaggle of amazing luthiers and you actually get to check out their instruments so make sure to check out fretboardsummit.org for more information on that and uh oh <laughs> okay the next story i have for you is uh generated by ai i don't know what to say about this you know this whole ai thing is freaking me out but um There's been some interesting guitar-related things happening with AI. No, I'm not talking about lyrics. I think that's pure garbage. AI-generated lyrics, pure garbage. Doesn't do anything for me. But this next thing did make me laugh. It's AI-generated celebrities playing guitar. Uh, We've got, let's see who who we have here. We've got Gordon Ramsay. He'd make a hell of a rock guitar player, that's for sure. We've got uh, Barack Obama. We've got, I believe this is Donald Trump. I can't tell. Pretty sure. Uh, we've got Tom Cruise. <laughs> we've got Morgan Freeman. <laughs> we've got uh, Tom Hanks, which resembles, I got to say, he resembles Bruce Springsteen quite a bit here. And we've got, uh, I think is Marilyn Monroe. And then lastly, uh, no, there's actually more. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio. He looks like a very sensitive uh, guitar player there. Just really feeling it. We've got... got Oprah Winfrey, who's likely not only playing guitar, but giving out free guitars to everybody in the audience. And then Kermit the Frog to wrap things up. Something just kind of goofy and light that I wanted to share with you uh, with all this AI talk happening. Uh, Anyways, now it's time to grab your guitar. Go ahead and grab your guitar. We're gonna see what the TAC family is working on today. Every single week within Tony's Acoustic Challenge, the TAC family rotates between the five essential skills that helps you learn songs fast. When When you're fluent in these five essential skills, and you go to learn songs, they seem to fall under your fingers easier because, well, you've built your guitar routine around these five essential skills. On Mondays, the Tack family, I missed my thumb. On Mondays, the Tack family works on a a technique challenge. Tuesdays, a guitar lick challenge. Wednesdays, an improvisation challenge. Thursdays, a rhythm guitar challenge. And Fridays, a chord transition challenge. Today is Tuesday. The Tack family is working on a guitar lick, and here it is. Your Tuesday Tack guitar lick challenge is named Rock Me. And I think you're gonna find that it's very, very familiar. Here's how it sounds. I guessed it was a part of Wagon Wheel indeed. It is the melody from the song Wagon Wheel. And I'll explain to you why I consider this a guitar lick here in a moment. In fact, there's a huge lesson wrapped in this. There's actually... Now that I think about it, but first tack family, if you want to learn this note for note, please log in. This is your daily challenge for today. Log in, click start challenge. That'll take you to the teaching video. Once you're through with that, move to the play along video, get it under your fingers, loop it, make sure to adjust it to a speed that's comfortable for you. And then of course, click on that tab icon in the lower right hand corner. That'll pull up the tab in a separate window. So you can have the video and the tab right next to one another. So why is this a guitar lick? How is this a guitar lick? Well, a lot of times we consider guitar licks, tiny little phrases, one, two, maybe three measures. This is a full on nine measure lick if you include the pickup notes. So is this a lick or is this a solo? Well, it's actually both. And the reason I call it a lick, the reason I feel like this falls under the lick category is because if you listen to the rhythmic momentum of it, the rhythm is the same. Okay. I'm taking the melody from wagon wheel and I'm treating it the same in terms of its rhythmic presentation. Let me go ahead and play just a couple of measures through. And I think immediately you'll feel that pulse. Okay. Uh, Let me just play a a few measures. Here's how, here's how they sound. You can feel that kind of note, 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 pause. Note, 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 pause. Okay. Actually, now that I'm talking about it, there's actually so much to learn here. Number one, being able to control the rhythm of what you're playing and add space around focused notes is so important, especially when it comes to playing a guitar solo. As guitar players, we all want more notes. We feel this, this compulsion to add more notes. Space is almost a scary thing. Gosh, am I gonna let that note ring? Yes, it's okay to let it ring. In fact, it really puts the spotlight on that note. And maybe that's why it's so intimidating, but it's really effective. Okay. So if you're trying to play a guitar solo, if you're trying to play the melody of a song, let it breathe, give it some space. I could very well have just kept hammering the notes and not had any space. Let me give you a quick example of how that sounds here's, how it would sound with no space whatsoever. It still works it still conveys the melody but as you hear it's kind of all of a sudden it falls flat and it's really odd because you think oftentimes the equation is oh more notes equals exciting not always the case Uh, case in point this little solo this melodic solo from the song wagon wheel the second big lesson I have to teach you here this rather this lick teaches us is that it's okay to play the melody it's actually very much encouraged to play the melody it's extremely effective listen to any country song from the 70s and prior right 40s 50s 60s 70s oftentimes the lead guitar player would actually play just the melody and you might be thinking "Well, that's not all that exciting maybe it's not exciting but it's extremely extremely effective because it underscores what the singer is actually singing when you mimic it on guitar it's really fun um, there's so many great examples I'm, I'm like actually drawing a blank right now uh, but just think early classic country that'll get you in the right in the right um, the right musical genre to hear great examples of melodies being played as the solo and the third lesson and something I think is really really important um, extremely important maybe the overarching important thing with all of this is, When you're learning guitar, it's really easy to look up tabs. I do it. You do it. We all do it. Okay. It's, it's not this secret thing that nobody looks up tabs. We all look up tabs. They're readily available and there's plenty of them out there and I encourage you to do it. Like I said, I do it a lot. However, learning something off of tab is important and it's a great skill to have learning something by ear is also a very important skill. And I would venture to bet that it's more important than just learning from tab. And I think the common pitfall is you learn something from tab, the tab is taken away. And then pretty soon, if you feel like you're lost at sea, it's like, well, how do I play that? And maybe you've played it for weeks on end and all of a sudden the tab is gone. You forget how to play it. I want to encourage you to use your ear. Okay. Sometimes when you play things off of tab, it's more of a sight exercise than it is actually a listening exercise. So keep that in mind. I'm not saying tab is bad at all. Tab is great, but as you're learning something from tablature, make sure you are listening. Okay. You'll be amazed at how it manifests in your playing because a lot of times you'll be playing something and you'll stumble upon it and you'll think uh, you'll stumble upon something new and think I heard that I didn't even have to look that up. I heard it with my own ear. So keep in mind, when you're learning something from tablature, yes, look at it, play what it's saying to play, but also listen to it. It's so important and it will pay off major dividends in your guitar journey. Your second dose of acoustic news is on the docket and we're gonna kick things off with an interview with Molly Tuttle and Billy Strings. Now, I wish I was about to say, hey, Molly and Billy stopped by the studio and we sat down and chatted for hours and I'm gonna share with you the video right now. That's not the case. In fact, this interview is not a video interview. Uh, this was featured in Premier Guitar magazine, and it says, "Looking back on their recent releases, Molly Tuttle and Billy Strings sit down to talk musical heritage, stage fright, gear, and more." It's a very interesting read, one that I encourage you to check out because you know, getting perspective from musicians on the rise, musicians you respect, guitar heroes. I think it's always cool. It's always cool to hear that they are indeed um, human beings that have the same emotions and feels that, well, we all do as guitar players. So a very cool read. Make sure to check that out again in Premiere Guitar Magazine and, of course, on their website. Uh, next up, this is something that, you know, I... I should have probably dug in a little bit more, but the picture caught my eye. I wanted to share with you. um, Apollo Picks makes great flat picks, by the way. That's that's separate from what I'm about to share with you. But Apollo Picks posted this thing, and the picture was just three beautiful pick guards, three beautiful vintage-style pick guards. So I read on, and I thought, Acoustic Tuesday viewers will get a kick out of this. Here's what they say. Check out these handmade pick guards. These are made by Willie Watson of Vermont. I'm glad to know Willie. He's a good guy and a real artist. The level of care he takes, it's hard to describe it all. He successfully achieves the look of the various patterns one finds on the shells of hawksbill sea turtles. Not only that, he also replicates celluloid patterns from the 30s and 40s all the little details, beautiful and mesmerizing. Since it's a handmade process, he can make any shape you can think of too. Serious, seriously, folks, these are legit. You could probably use one, you just don't know it yet. Hit Willie up, he's a, he's on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Again, his name is Willie Watson. If you wanna visit, uh, rather if you wanna send him an email, his email is wjwatsonhandmade at gmail.com. Like I said, I saw these pick guards and I thought they were absolutely gorgeous. Um, and obviously they, they are very much um, highly touted by the folks at Apollo Picks. And I have to say, you know, I saw those pick guards and way back in 2009, I changed out the pick guard on my Martin HD 35 to one from, I think the company was called Tortis, T-O-R-T-I-S. I don't think they make pick guards anymore, but this is the closest thing I have seen to that pick guard since then so it's something cool to check out if you're interested in changing your pick guard um it kind of elevates the look that's for darn sure and and man those are gorgeous they're just beautiful okay uh some new music for you oh two two cool little new music items for you uh andy hall one of my favorite dobro players i featured him in the resonator guitarist episode just released a new song called muscle car and who is featured on it? None other than Billy Strings. The music is great. The music video is so cool. It conjures up Nintendo. It conjures up Nintendo. Uh, they did a great job of capturing this uh, uh, early video game vibe for the music video. Uh, so it's cool to watch. But the music—it's just gonna blow your—it's gonna blow your hair back. It's gonna blow your socks off. Your hair is gonna blow back. You might fall over. Think of the old uh, Max L commercial where the guy's sitting in the chair and he presses play and it's just like blows his hair back. That's what this song did to me. I hope it does the same for you. Here's Andy Hall's new song, Muscle Car. piece of news for you and it involves a forthcoming album from one of our very own Acoustic Tuesday viewers, one of our very own Acoustic Tuesday participants. I featured his guitar signal, gosh, maybe a hundred shows back at this point and I always see him in the comments. Sean DeBurka, a great graphic designer, a great player, a pillar in the acoustic guitar community. He's releasing a new EP and it's featuring the harp guitar. And if anybody can play the harp guitar, it's gonna be Sean. He, he just, he's a jack of all trades and just his compositions are awesome, beautiful, and you need to hear it. Uh, the EP is not out yet, something to be on the lookout for. Uh, I don't think he gives a date. He says the harp EP is right around the corner. So I'm hoping in the next month or two, maybe, I don't know. Make sure to check out Sean. And if you're wondering how he plays the harp guitar, what it sounds like, here's a quick little clip. And on those beautiful harp guitar notes from Sean, I think it's a great time to wrap up the Acoustic Tuesday show for today. But first, we do have to take a sneak peek into next week. And next week on the Acoustic Tuesday show, the banjo is series continues. Uh, next week, we're gonna look at some banjo techniques on the acoustic guitar. And we're gonna start things off with a tour de force of open G tuning. The most common banjo tuning is open G. So why not have our banjo influence bleed over into the guitar so i'm going to show you how to navigate open g tuning next week on the acoustic guitar i think you're going to find it far easier than you may think we'll start out by getting into the tuning i'll show you some chord shapes some scale shapes and the cool thing is is it's a two-way street You can take the knowledge of Open G from guitar, apply it to banjo. You can take the knowledge of Open G tuning on banjo and apply it to guitar. It's gonna be really cool. That's happening next week on the Acoustic Tuesday show. Remember, you can catch Acoustic Tuesday every single Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. Before I let you go for today, please do remember this. Your guitar success, however you define it, is directly related to your guitar routine. So please invest the time in developing your guitar routine and make sure to have fun every single day that you play. Yes, fun should be your top priority. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for sharing your time with me. Thank you for being a guitar geek and I'll see you next Tuesday on the Acoustic Tuesday Show. Cheers to you, Guitar Geeks Unite.